Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from Kidlit These Days, a new podcast from Book Riot pairing the best of children's literature with what's going on in the world today. Join hosts Karina Jan Glazer, author of the Vanderbeeker series of middle grade novels, and me as we examine the intersection of current events in children's literature. Recent episodes have focused on LGBTQ Pride Month and trans representation in queer children's literature demystifying the hijab and speaking to children on the danger of hate-laced speech toward Muslims, and the border wall, one Idaho school's staff and their alarming choice of Halloween costumes, and how a group of Latinx authors stepped in with an offer few would refuse. Each episode features a special guest, a curated book list, and a whole lot of bookish banter. Tune in at bookriot.com listen and click on Kidlit these days, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Lorena, I'm so excited to have you here. We're actually live at ALA, which is super exciting. I haven't done a live podcast interview before, so this is going to be new for both of us. Um, so excited to have you here. That's Mel Shewitt, author of the Let's Talk Picture Books blog and guest host of today's episode. And this is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 519. Today, Mel brings us an interview with cartoonist Lorena Alvarez recorded live at the American Library Association's annual conference. Lorena's graphic novel debut was Nightlights, a beautiful story about fear, insecurity, and creativity. In Hikote, her companion graphic novel, Sandy, the protagonist from Nightlights, returns to explore a magical new dimension. Please welcome our guest, Lorena Alvarez, cartoonist of Nightlights and Hikote. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm a writer and a comic book artist. I'm also an illustrator, and I'm from Bogota, Colombia. How did you, so your first book is Nightlights, mm -hmm. and then you have uh, Hikate, which came out in March, I believe, correct? Mm -hmm. So where did you get the idea for these books? Oh, well, um, I always wanted to write comic books, but I was afraid to do that because I always thought that you need like this big, huge idea to start with. But um, I started writing short comics um, since I traveled to Arkansas like five years ago. Oh, no, even more. Like, <laughs> even more. It's such a long time. It was like... Uh, eight years ago now that I'm wow. doing the math and I started to think about my work 
uh, my role as an artist and an illustrator and how I have to deal with uh, the fact that I have to make a living doing the thing I love. So Nightlights, it's a reflection around that. It's hard to make a living sometimes, yeah. <laughs> just working on books. Uh-huh. So are you planning, so you've got two installments so far. Like I said, you've got Nightlights and mm-hmm. Hecatea. It, I'm, I just finished Hecatea on my plane ride here. Oh, wow. And I thought it was interesting that while there's sort of similar, it didn't seem like the story overlapped so much. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like there weren't a lot of characters who sort of overlapped and were in both stories. Yeah. Are you planning on, how? do you know how many books are you're planning on having in the series? And is it, because I really want to see that creepy girl from the beginning, from the from Nightlights again. Yes, uh, there will be three books. I'm working on the third one, mm-hmm. of course. And yeah, I've been thinking about uh, getting these uh, loose ends and well i don't i don't like to talk much about my projects mm-hmm. I, I think it's keep them a surprise bad luck yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i i want to to give a closure to the series so i'm so excited <laughs> it was uh, how do you how do you create these worlds so the way that it works is you have these you have a girl who's mm-hmm. in basically our world and it's kind of interesting because it doesn't seem like she ever really she doesn't walk through any portals Mm -hmm. she just sort of like drifts into these worlds so how do you sort of envision that happening for her how does she like like in the new one she picks up a turtle shell at one point and then she's just sort of like sucked into this Mm -hmm. world so how do you see that happening in your mind well I at some point, I was really worried about uh, those transitions. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you have to open a door, you have to jump through something. But at the end, I, I wanted it to be as fluid as possible because um, I was thinking about how we construct reality. And especially when, when we were kids, I remember that, for example, the... Um, the anime that I used to watch, mm-hmm. it was uh, as important as my school life. I was so worried about the characters. I used to draw them all the time. So I was thinking, okay, um, I not, I don't want to explain how Sandy goes uh, to one world to another. I wanted she just, to, yeah, to drift. It's away. very interesting uh-huh. the way she sort of, she sort of drifts in mm-hmm. and out, especially when she drifts out, which I think is very interesting because she's at one point she's like on a riverbank with mm-hmm. a bunch of her friends, and so she sort of drifts into Hikatea's world. Hikatea is the turtle, yeah. and then sort of drifts back out, and mm-hmm. all of her friends are there, um, and you've got that marble, which I definitely want to know more about what uh-huh. these marbles mean, but I'll ask about that in a minute. <laughs> um, I would love to back up and get to know you a little bit better. How okay. did you How did you come to illustrate books? Uh, well, um, I drew my entire my entire life, and when I got to high school, uh, well, as always, you have to decide what you to do with with, with your, your entire life, life, which is like <laughs> crazy. So I started to look, uh, well, for universities, places to go, and keep studying, and the closest. Thing, the best thing I found was graphic design in uh, the Universidad Nacional de Colombia, mm-hmm. the National University, which is a public uh, university. 
so I went there I had to do my exams because you had to do your exams to, to get a, a place there and I started to, to study to study graphic design and it was a really interesting thing because uh, well I couldn't draw as much as I thought I was going to do that but um, I learned a lot about photography and bookmaking um, paneling all that stuff and it helped me a lot to understand what I do when I want to do and the way I communicate through drawing which is really important mm -hmm. and then I started to make my own portfolio starting to talk to people and stuff like that I mean in Colombia there wasn't a illustration career uh, or a course or something mm -hmm. like that you had to uh, talk to older illustrators and study graphic design or visual arts so who are some of your your role models who inspires you oh well i'm so um i'm so happy because i have a lot of friends who are examples for me that's wonderful and, yeah um i'm surrounded by people who are artists animators illustrators and they also make uh, theater stuff like that and yeah I very can... talented friends yeah I, I'm <laughs> I'm so fortunate, yeah, I'm yeah. surrounded by really talented people, so yeah, I don't want to name them because I, I, I will <laughs> leave someone behind and I don't want to. Sure, <laughs> I, can, I can appreciate that. How do you create your illustrations? Oh, well, it depends. Uh, when I'm working with, uh, with an author, I, well, I talk with them, I also talk with the editors, the art directors, and well, it is a process of negotiation. Sure. I mean, we have to find a place in common uh, when we are on the same page. So I start to sketch a lot, to talk a lot with them. There's also, if it, well, it's always necessary a little bit of research, uh, especially if the story is about a person or a place I don't know. Of so uh, I really take my time to know as much as I can about the thing I'm going to draw. Um, not only references, but also I, I like to read about uh, the things I'm going to draw. Um, I think that being an illustrator has, teach me, has taught me a lot of things that doesn't have to do with illustration and art exactly, but also yeah. about geography, science. I imagine your your background in photography comes in a lot too, especially when it comes because this is a comic. So when it mm -hmm. comes to framing all mm -hmm. of the illustrations, how do you physically create your illustrations? Do you draw them? Do you use like a do? Are they digital? Oh yeah. Um, well, I start always with a pencil sketch. Uh, I always do like this very small version of the book, mm -hmm. which are really cute. Also. I'm sure they're like adorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and well, I'm. When I'm writing, I do. I don't only take notes. I also draw and doodle a lot, and I alternate. I have a book with only uh, annotations, writings, quotes. I'm interested, and on the other hand, I have my drawing sketchbook. So I'm working on both at the same time, and. It is a very organic process. I don't write a script like many artists do, which is I, I think is very uh, interesting. But I, I I haven't grasped that technique yet. 
um, I always like taking from everywhere and trying to um, to give a structure to my ideas in a not very messy way I try (laughs) (laughs) um oh gosh I lost my train I thought I was gonna ask you a question what was it (laughs) oh shoot I lost it it's been a long day yeah I know (laughs) I know um I guess you probably can't tell us anything about the third book yet. Yeah. Oh, I want to know so badly. <laughs> so what is it like for you to work? So you said that you sometimes illustrate and sometimes you write and illustrate. Mm-hmm. So what is it like for you to sort of go back and forth? What is it like having sort of control over a whole book because mm-hmm. you're doing the text and the illustrations and sort of not, I guess, sort of giving up some of that control if you're just illustrating? Oh, well. Is that hard? Um, no, I think... Uh, well, where, when things aren't like really hectic with uh, deadlines and stuff like mm-hmm. that, I feel that I found a, a, a balance because I really like to work with authors, but at the same time, I found the space to, um, to have my own voice, to, ro- to work in my own ideas. And yeah, um, and I now I appreciate uh, the authors more. Well, I, I always <laughs> respected them, yeah. but now I understand what they go through. So I feel that I can approach their work in a more um, thoughtful way, or that's what I want to. Sure, yeah. Uh Um, You had mentioned earlier that you like to do a lot of research for your books. Mm -hmm. What kind of research did you do for these books? I'm trying to think of how to phrase my question. They're so colorful that I have to imagine that, like, these colorful little, like, fairies are just constantly flying around in your mind. Uh Oh, well, about the research, for example, in Nightlight, um, well, it started as a very short story. Uh, like six pages, but when I started to work with No Brow, they asked me to do uh, a whole book. A, whole a book couple more it. pages. Yeah, a couple, <laughs> just a couple, 54 pages. <laughs> so I was thinking that it would be a good idea to talk about my uh, education. I was, uh, I attended a Catholic school with only girls and nuns there. Mm-hmm. So the nuns in these books are pretty harsh. There's that one scene yeah. where she asked her to take off her nail polish, and I was like, "Her just yeah. nail polish." I had the, I had that the had harsh you. ones. Oh yeah, my gosh! I, I couldn't meet the feminist ones because. Uh, <laughs> 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 and well, uh, that was funny because uh, that was uh, a very hard time of my life. I mean, they, those weren't like hard years, and I stopped to talk about it, but. Um, when I started to uh, reread my books and my diaries, my uh, to see the photos again, uh, I started to think about it in a very humorous way. Uh, and I think that's probably pretty healthy. <laughs> yeah, it was a it's a pretty cathartic. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Moment, and I started to uh, read about uh, religious education, and I also created a workshop with one of my college teachers hmm. and a friend and we created this workshop for women who attended Catholic school like I did and well people who attended mm-hmm. Catholic school and 
the point was uh, to create an artistic project in five days. So we went to um, to a room, to a classroom in my college, and we started to talk about it, to, to talk about our, our experience and how it shaped us yeah. in many ways. So hearing them and sharing my story um, was a really good thing to, to start with. And Sandy was uh, shaped from all that all those conversations all um well uh, all that retake of the, my story too and hikotea it has um a background on my interest in science in biology and i started to write uh, to make sense because it starts with a biology class yeah. yeah and i started to read about uh, how science has been used uh, not only to build and um, to create knowledge but also to to destroy and dominate i mean uh, when i was younger i used to have this really romantic idea of science but well you know you grow up you and grow you up. see that <laughs> it's a very human thing mm -hmm. and it has its biases and i also started to well it has a little information about my city too about the wetlands which are like a very delicate uh, environments uh, that are around my city around the uh, the metropolitan mm -hmm area to say and well it has it is part of the community so it's a little bit of that too. <laughs> yeah it sounds like it's a little bit of you a little bit of the people who have influenced mm -hmm. you that's beautiful um i've got one final question for you okay um i'm recording this podcast to be hosted on matthew winner's podcast the children's book podcast and oh, nice. i want to say thank you as always to matthew because he's wonderful um he likes to ask the people who come on his show one final question and that is if you were to see a classroom uh, or a library full of students tomorrow what message would you like to give them Oh wow, that's a very interesting question because I had to answer a very similar one from, oh, yeah? a, from a mom. Oh, interesting. And she asked me, well, she she has this 13-year-old daughter and she asked me, okay, uh, she's very worried because she sees that uh, it is very hard to uh, make a career drawing and yeah. making design. And I told her, okay, well, she's right. and. Um, it is hard, but um, you need to be constant, you need to be disciplined, and you need to trust your gut, and you need to, um, to talk and work with other people. Now, it is so important to uh, respect other people's work and collaborate with each other. So, yeah, I think that that would... I would tell them. Yeah, you have to own that fear or else uh -huh. you're never yeah, going to get that far. I wouldn't tell her, okay, no, you have to believe in your dreams or something like that. I, I mean, be worried, but... Yeah. Uh, and, and use that to um, to do your own research, yeah. to look for resources. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking no, to me. No, thank you for inviting me. This was so much fun. <laughs> this is my first live podcast, so wow. it's great. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> This is Darshna Kiani, author of How to Wear a Sari, coming in fall 2020. 
Want to find out the latest South Asian books and children's literature? Check out www.darshanakhiani.com forward slash South Asian Kid Lit. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of my patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and keeping the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Jenny, Sue, Amy, Sarah, Kate, Lisa, Darshana, Marianne, Jarrett, Anitra, Mike, Lynn, Link, Corina, Cynthia, Elaine, Doug, Judy, Amanda, Ruth, Laura, Teresa, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to come with us, too. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.